If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> so. This is the Flatbed Podcast, brought to you as always by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. Uh, we had a chance to sit down with Miles and Daisy Baker. Cool people, cool story. Everybody's heard Miles Baker, right? We all get it. Uh, Relentless, Trevor. Uh, I really enjoyed getting to know him at a personal level. We see a lot of what he's doing with the horses, but get to take a look at him and Daisy and behind the scenes and how they got where they are. Great people, great podcasters, uh, Miles and Daisy Baker. We at the Flatbed want to tell you thank you for telling your friends and family. Our growth has been actually pretty surprising to us also, but what would be a giant help would be if you would rate and review the podcast. It's how you get found in uh, other people's podcast apps where, you know, the compare. It's kind of hard to explain. I just know that it's a giant help when you go rate and review the podcast. I want to challenge you guys with something. There are a lot of companies that have put it on the line to help make this podcast possible. And even if you're not going to go buy a product from them today, maybe give them a shout out on social media, follow them, let them know you appreciate the support of the Flatbed Podcast and making this kind of content possible. Check out TeamEquinity.com. Equinity Horse XL has eight amino acids to promote cellular repair, no fillers, no sugars, no starches, no soy, no loading dose. I could not believe the difference it made in my horse in a short period of time. We're talking a few days, but wait until you see what it'll do in a month. Let me turn you guys on to something. I've been coming to Arizona for eight years. When I first got here, I'd always heard about how good the alfalfa is in the state of Arizona, and I couldn't find it. I had to feed so much of it. I was feeding stuff that was kind of falling apart and stimmy until I found Bales Hay in Buckeye, Arizona. Let me tell you all, baleshay.com is the website. You can also call them at 623-386-2988. This stuff, it's like you can flake it off in those half-inch flakes, you know what I'm talking about, which means I could feed less of it. It stores good. It stacks good. The horses eat it. It smells so good, it feels like you could eat it. I'm telling you guys what. I have been a paying customer for years for a reason. Bales Hay in Buckeye, Arizona. Check them out at baleshay.com. We've got a hard out in just a little over. How far you guys have to go for dinner? Oh, no. We got a full hour. We okay. got an hour. If Perfect. I leave here at 545, I'm fine. So we talked about it a little bit. Out of nowhere comes Miles Baker. Was the introduction to the world mismanaged oh i don't know that it was mismanaged i think what i think it what i like to think in my mind because like i felt like forever i i put work in when i got out of college for five years and with with no recognition which was fine for me i mean i took care of my cattle and i felt like i did a good job for my clients and stuff and and i worked for trevor i was riding horses for him and so then when it come time I guess where I got some acknowledgement it happened fast and yeah so at the time you know a lot of people were like wait who's this guy you know and and it was I didn't care if I was getting recognized or not I was enjoying what I was doing and stuff so I've had like for it to be mismanaged like it was it was brought well, I was brought to the public fast you know but yeah. well I feel like I, I feel like I owe that question and explanation we've also got Miss Daisy Baker here also uh, for those of you who don't know, Miles is a member of the Howdy Club. You know what that is? No, I don't. The How'd He Get Her Club. Oh, yeah. So we got Daisy here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't mean mismanaged. I, I mean, I remember back, and I, nameless, faceless person. It's not you. Yeah. Just there's just all of a sudden there's a person, and we're being told 
in essence, everybody listened to this guy. And I yeah. remember thinking, hold on, that's fine. Yeah. And now, you know, he fast forward and I would, I mean, I, th- I think the world agrees, like you've earned right. what you've got now. Yeah. I think in the beginning, not that you weren't that in the beginning, right. it was just like there, it was almost like we'd skip the introduction phase and jumped right to the, for instance, and I'm curious what your answer is going to be. And if this sounds ugly, I do not mean it to sound ugly yeah. at all. When they were like, hey, we want you to come watch through the NFR round and give your feedback. Yeah. I think there were people that were like, huh? Yeah. We don't, we don't know who he is yet. Right. So yeah. not mismanaged. Was it, if, if you had it to do over again, how would you have scripted that? Or did you have, I guess, did you even have anything to do with it? I had nothing to do with it. Just like the, so the NFR deal come from guys that were sponsored by Aquinity that wouldn't show up. And like I was with Aquinity. Well, Aquinity was sponsoring it. Well, yeah. these guys are like, man, I'm busy. Or I didn't make the NFR. I'm not going to come. And Chelsea... Schaefer is friends with John and shout out John Dowdy. Yeah. Yeah. And she calls and was like, please tell me you're in Vegas. I'm like, actually I am. I went out there with Trevor and she was like, this is short notice, but she was like, I've got to have you. I need help. I was like, perfect. I'm here. Well, the section that you and Ryan Motes did on Garrett Tanazi <laughs> is good content. <laughs> yeah. That's good content. So yeah. once the content's out, then people are like, okay, we'll, we'll get, we'll be okay with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the average the masses maybe had just I think there was a moment of, huh? Yeah. We need more information. Yeah. What, so where'd you go to college? Oklahoma state. Daisy. Oklahoma state. Is that, is there like some, still some school pride with that? Not for me. <laughs> I, I didn't stay up there anyway. I went home, I went to class and I went home and worked cattle and my family's they're OSU people, but. Did you know like the horse deal in your mind? Did you think this is where it was all headed anyway? Man, not really. We, we're big enough in the cattle business that that was all I knew. And I've rode young horses since I was a kid. And it was almost just like a byproduct of taking care of cattle. I just rode horses right. and took care of cattle. And then I liked roping. But, I mean, I circuit rodeoed and through college and till now. And, but that was extended. I've never cared to rodeo. I've never cared to go to the NFR. It just, I like, I like the making horses side yeah. of it. And I sold Trevor two or three horses, like when her and I first got together when I was probably a sophomore, junior in college. What horse, and, what was the first horse you sold him? Uh, Chica. And I, Larry D ended up with Chica, and out of Chica come Firecracker, who I want to say gray. is one of the winningest maturity horses this the far. The gray came from you? Yep. And Where'd you get him? The Firecracker? Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor raised that horse. And oh, 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 you're saying, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. You're saying yep. Chica came from you. Chica come from me, and then I sold Chica to Trevor, and then they raised, I Trevor see. raised yeah, Firecracker. Gotcha, gotcha. And Shadow raised Firecracker. Shadow raised Firecracker, yeah. Okay, Girls Club here, yeah. I get it. Shout out, shout out. Yeah, and then I had a uh, hill horse I called Iron Man, and then I had a mare I called Molly. Those were the first three that went to Trevor, and where, I bought a few from him. Where were you getting horses at that point? I, Molly was trained by Steve Orth, um, and I traded around and got her. That was when I was circuit rodeoing. Um, I circuit rode, made circuit finals on her once or twice, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but Steve Orth trained her, and she was she was a great mare. Golly. How much of, in the early stages? How much of an advantage was that for you to get on something like that behind a guy like Steve to get that feel and go, okay, this is how it's supposed to feel. 
It was good. Uh, and I don't even I think, mean, what, I, I, I don't mean just Steve. I mean, in the beginning, yeah. how much did you depend on getting on stuff that? 100%. Like on the Phil stuff, there's a guy in uh, Electra, Texas. His name's Johnny Miller. And he's an amazing cowboy. Just a good hand. Just to soon be out taking care of cattle. He don't, you know, no bright lights for him. But my dad would buy like two-year-olds from Johnny. And my dad always had a good eye for Colts. And he's just... That's a, a guy was talking to me about today. He's like, holy hell, how does your dad find all these horses? He's like, what all horses have you and Trevor got from him? I start naming them off, and he's like, there's something there. To yeah, you. And, and right. my dad just has a good eye for colts. Well, Johnny helped me a bunch because my dad would buy his colts from Johnny. And so mm-hmm. he helped me when I was little or, like, in high school on, like, getting stuff broke and how to, you know, get them riding around and different do things. You, do you think that was a big part of Trevor's original interest is a guy that was willing to get on one that might buck? <laughs> uh, I don't know because... <laughs> Miles, we want to be partners? Yeah. Get on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, he... I can tell you that, that what set me apart, because I feel like about anybody would have took the deal that I got with Trevor because, I mean, we're... Trevor don't pay me nothing. Like, we're 100% partners on everything. And from horses, and now we're in real estate, and, like, we're just, me and him are 50-50. And so it's great for me, but that was what he told me in the beginning. He was like, I, th- I think, you know, I could have got about any roper to help me train rope horses, but he's like, I've rode my whole life. I've sent horses out to people, and it's it's the feel that you put in them. It's being right. able to ride a two-year-old. Right. And ride him when he's three and four and take him to the futurity, like the – Steps one through ten is what got me my deal with Trevor. Do you, I've heard, and I haven't rode enough two-year-olds to really have a solid opinion, but I've heard from enough people I trust that the first 60 days, they will always revert back to what they learned in those first 60 mm-hmm. days. The reason those two-year-old guys, I remember, um, you know, like early, like in high school, the cutting horse people that we were around, they always had their favorite two-year-old guy. Yeah, like a two-year-old guy was a major heartbeat of yeah. those programs because that first 60 days – even if they go a little this way or a little that way, they always had that foundation to come back to. Yep. Has that been your experience with the rope? Yeah, I always tell people the first 90 days is the most important of their life. And Trevor and I are in a deal right now where, like, he's trusted me so long with the two-year-olds, and we're getting to a point where, like, the maturity stuff's big enough that I need to be on three- and four-year-olds. And we're, like, we're in a little bit of a pinch like who do so we get this, to ride is this like a job offer to some guy out there that's like really just got a heart to put on his leather covers yeah. and go do it every day yeah i mean somebody has to love it and i and honestly i do like oh, with two-year-olds you've got to enjoy just going out there and spending time like i may be with this horse for 10 minutes or it may be two hours but i'm gonna have to enjoy it one way or another and so what do you okay as someone who doesn't enjoy it at all what do you enjoy about a two-year-old it's it's just the most like I don't know the word for it, but like imprintable time of their life. Like a good two-year-old, you can tell like they're studying you as much as you're studying them. They're like, okay, are you here to kill me or are we friends? Yeah. And Well, pecking order of a two-year-old is still so low in a herd, right? Yeah. Like that they're not taking any sort of position of dominance, mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess. Yeah. And 100%. like you see a four-year-old, they've got opinions. You yeah. know, maybe we're like a two-year-old is more curious. Is that? Yeah. Is yeah. That right? Yeah, and that's why, like, a lot of people wait until there's three or four to start them. I like starting them when they're two. I'm not hard on them. I don't ride them hard or nothing. I just like spending time with them. And I, it's funny you say that on the bucking deal. I bet, well, I've started several hundreds of colts since her and I have been together. And 
I can I could count on one hand the number of times that a colt's bucked with me, ever. So when a horse is a chronic bucker, does that most often go back to the first ninety days? It dang sure can. I'm I'm because I'm weird about how people pull the cinches tight on a colt. Like uh-huh. if if you know this colt's feely. Yeah. And especially where I'm from, like where I'm from, these guys, they they think that whoever can make be the wildest and the goofiest is the, is uh, the most cowboy. Yeah, right. And so it's like if you've got a colt with a lot of feel that's maybe a little frantic, which a lot of times, you know, those are the best horses. And then they're like, let's suck this son of a bitch in two and see if he'll buck. And I'm like, why? You know. That's, that's one of the things. Growing up in Fort Worth and then the 10 years I spent in Oregon, we got to do a lot of cowboying up there. We drug a lot of calves. We moved a lot of cows. I got to do a lot more of it there than I had in Texas. And that was one of the things I really like about the style up there is everything's quiet. Yeah. They're really, like, really proud of, like, the vaquero basis of yeah. their, how they do things. 100%. They don't tie on. They're not going to go catch a pig by the back leg. Like, yeah. they're, but, but that part of it, I really enjoy more. I really right. like yeah. the quiet, slow, you know, they, you know, you can sneak a herd of cows by somebody while they take a nap instead of yeah. how many pickups can we ruin in the day? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with that. And, and I, that's why I enjoy putting the time into them but with that being said it is time you know it's there's a lot of time that goes into it and right now like i've got four or five two-year-olds that i'm starting like even year around like in the summer i'll get to the barn at three in the morning this time of year i'll get to the barn at four in the morning because trevor's going to take kids to school and he's going to get to the barn about 8 30 when he's done dropping kids off and like now we're on three and four year olds and maturity right. horses, but the like, two year olds are already done. Definitely. That's my time to mess with two year olds, and so with that being said, it's tough for me to do, you know, all the different stages. But I love it. You know? Well, so we came out with the ten years I spent pastoring a church. It just mentally, I felt like I was just done. Like I don't feel like I'm completely out of it just yet, and I've really enjoyed the physical part of riding outside horses yeah you know and and i'm still i've always had horses like right. i've I, i've always trained horses but doing it for a living i think that i'm learning how careful to be about horses that are going to take a lot of time yeah you know if a horse comes in and that's going to be a horse that's going to require an hour a day right i i can't i can't i just don't have i just don't have the ability to yep. do it um and that would be that i think that's my curiosity is like with two-year-olds they're just i just didn't think like there's a way to hurry it it's just yeah. going to take the time it takes. Yeah, I prioritize them. Like, I start with this colt because if he takes a little too much time, no big deal. And then the next colt's the next one in line. And, like, okay, well, of the four or five I'm riding, if these two take most of my time, well, the th- these other three are easy enough that if I have to miss a day, I'm going to yeah. miss it on them. Right. You know? How many two-year-olds can a guy ride? Realistically, how many two-year-olds could a guy be able to get through in a day? Honestly, a lot. If, like – one guy that we're gonna for sure use that is he's really good is Ty Benson. And where's Ty Benson from? Weatherford, Texas. And the first time the Team Roping Journal ever did an article on me, it was like meet it was called Meet the Two Year Old Guys or something. And there was like ten of us that the Team Roping Journal wrote an article about. And I was in there and the guy that rides Chad Masters, uh, his name's Mushy something. His name's Mushy? It's his, I don't know if his, I think that's his actual really name, isn't so. it? I, I don't know that. But he's sure, a feed yard yeah. guy in like Nebraska or something. And like shout out Mushy. Yeah. So he rides Chad Masters, and then it was Ty Benson, and he's a cow horse guy. And that was like the first time 
I, I can remember feeling so cool because I got this. I got to share a page in the Team Roping Journal with five other two-year-old guys. Yeah. And I was like, man, it's cool. Like, I'm never going to get my name yeah. heard of. I'm in. And yeah, it was like, awesome. They're going to give me a shout-out because so I'm— now Ty's going to be riding for you guys. Riding two-year-olds. Well, Ty's been around longer than I have in, in the, the whole game of riding, like, of being known for riding good horses. But— he rides Billy Jacks, and so that's where the Team Roping Journal got his name. I see. Well, they gave him some recognition. Well, he's still riding two-year-olds, and we'll dang sure send some of ours to him because he's, he's good. But a guy like him, he's got a program where he has people, you know, that saddle them for him or, sure. you know, right. washing them and stuff. And, like, I, I met a guy like him can get through a lot of two-year-olds in a day. Uh, but I know when he starts them, it's just him. Yeah. You know, it's – until that colt's ready to pull him out of a stall and throw a saddle on him and bring right. him to me, I'm yeah. going to be the one handling him. And that's what I think it takes with a two-year-old guy because those horses, are they're looking for somebody to trust at that point. I think it was Nick Dowers that said it. And, and I don't know Nick. He's not a friend. I, but I think that was him that said it, is like how important because he'll start his own yep. at that phase because then later when he gets them back ready to take them somewhere, he knows yep. where they started. And so it's I'm worth a believer in his that. investment. Yeah, and it's funny, like uh, – a guy that Trevor and I partner with on like some mares and studs and stuff is Ty Smith. They he own he's owned Solo Select. Him and Melanie, and that's what he was saying. He's like, you gotta get off these stinking two year olds. And I'm like, I, he, like we can send. But them. I like it. Yeah, I'm like we can <laughs> send them to somebody. And so right now we have a guy that was a he won Super Horse. Name's Chris Littlefield, and he's riding some two year olds for us. Well, Chris is what's he probably fifty, upper forties. Probably and he's yeah. like, I don't want to start them no more. And I'm like, perfect, because I like starting them. Hmm. He's like, I want them with 30 or 60 rides on them. So I'm like, all right, I'll put 30 or 60 rides on them, and then we'll send them to Chris. And Ty and Trevor are like, no, you're missing the point. You're done <laughs> starting God. them. No, we're you're not more, doing that. <laughs> you're more valuable elsewhere. And I'm like, no, I like that part of it, because if I know every, I know them, and then they go to Chris, and Chris yeah. is good about using them outside. He just prowls on them. And so then I get them back, and I, know, I feel like I already know the horse, but I get it. Like, Trevor and them are like, hey, we need – you got to be on the three-year-olds. How big is the industry – let me ask you this. Is the industry growing at a rapid enough pace to support the vision that you and Trevor have for, like, the magnitude of your program? Does that make – am I saying that in a way that makes sense? Yeah. Can I, the could, – could, because – Trevor has always been like a go-getter and a hustler and big vision and like yeah. cross your T's, dot your I's, competitive maybe even to a fault. So it's not like he gets to a point someday where he's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm <laughs> good. We're doing good enough. Yeah. Either He'd either quit or he's got to keep growing. Am, yeah. I, am I right in that? Yeah, because it's insane how much like Trevor and I have grown in just the last like year, two years, because we had no intentions of buying a stud. And then we were in the stud business and it was good. And then hey, be we, honest. Be honest on this. Did it suck? Because here's why I asked before I answer. I know people, I had a chance to buy a stud and I was kind of thinking about it and I wasn't sure. Yeah. Everybody that I know that owns a stud was like, as your friend, you know, I love you. Please don't do this. I'm begging yeah. you. It's terrible. So, so based on that, was we it heard, We heard that from so many people. Like, it was funny. Like, we would ask about a stud and guys that are like, I mean, kind of heavy hitters in the horse and like, you know, the cutting or the raining or whatever that you know swap around a lot of horses they're like don't get in the stud deal the stud deal sucks but if y'all want a partner count me in because <laughs> they could see so, yeah they could see what was coming in the roping 
And yeah. so our, our timing, like somebody the other day said, it's not about what you know, it's about when you know it. Yeah. And, and it was the timing because like we hit the stud deal at the perfect time. And you know, the, the lazy ended up buying that stud and now they're, they're breeding mares to him and they're crossing that horse on their running mares. And are you guys it, discussing the motivation behind selling them yet? Or is it sort of everybody's it like an in-house insider baseball or I can tell you, we didn't want to sell him. Okay. It, it started on Thursday night and the Riata buckle started Riata buckle was Friday, Friday and Saturday, Saturday yeah. and we got a call Thursday sometime and it was like, they want they want a rope horse stud you know they're huge they're the yeah. kingpins and the racehorse right. deal they want a rope horse stud we at the time i had showed a three-year-old at the futurity and one like it looks like a five-year-old mm -hmm. yeah there's a that's a the big horse the big yellow yeah. yep showed him um he was a he was a show me the buckles baby yep and then i had another one that that the futurity down there i won the intermediate healing on him that was the second time he'd ever been to town and when he left down there, he had won 40000 in two shows. And then the other one had won like 95000 It was just like, okay, there's been three of them. Yeah. And they've all hit fast. Started and, to like a pattern. Yeah. And so they were like the, kind of the middleman. Because they, they bought him and the Roan at the yep. same time, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and the Roan was kind of a I – uh, I guess he was kind of a bonus of the deal because they wanted one that was like – coming yeah that had yeah a right. future and then they wanted one that was kind of proven and so it just like the timing of that couldn't be recreated and and it was good for them and like yeah. i said well if it's good enough for you guys you're in the business i mean we didn't want to sell them it was just we was selling them. it was there was no question in so fact you guys Trevor, sold him for so for people listening so much money <laughs> That you just could not say no. We didn't want to sell him, but it just did not make sense. Not. Well, I know that's not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. For, I know that's not a question. Maybe I'm for kidding. maybe for Trevor where he's at in life, he could have said no. I'm yeah. Me. I'm, like, I'm trying to eat dinner tonight. Let's go. Let's yeah. Do the deal. That's, and and that's what the funny thing about that story was. Trevor was in Vegas, and he had a meeting with the Resorts World or something. Well, I get the call. And it's like, hey, the money's on the table. They told me, like, they want that horse, and they can, they can, they will take the young horse too if y'all will show the young horse for them. And I'm like, all right, let me call Trevor. <laughs> and Trevor's like, oh, by the way, if I haven't mentioned it, I'm now 51% partner, and we're doing this deal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me call Trevor. I call Trevor. No answer. I wait a minute. I call him back. No answer. Like, he'll call me back. And I get a call from the other side of the dealer, like, hey, I need to know right now because we need to get this show on because the road. Because the Riata buckle is basically, the next day. And yeah, they want to be able to, like, yeah. you know, if right. that, if, right. if that kind horse. Of roll off the press that the Riata yeah, like, buckle is sure. getting at that point. Yeah, the time, where the timing, because they knew about the timing, too. Mm -hmm. Well, then they, Trevor was heading in the open for Joseph on the Buckles baby that had already won nearly 100000 which they were high callback. Is that the buckskin? Yeah. Yes. They were high callback, I think, just for up the leg or something to win it, which would have been amazing for them. Yeah. And, but I couldn't get a hold of Trevor. And so I'm like, I just got to do it. And so I call him like. Wait, what? Yeah. You did the deal without ever talking to him? Yeah. So I'm Shut like, up. I call him like, hey, let's go. We're, we're good. <laughs> and he calls me back and he's like, what's up, bub? Like, well, I'd called him uh, like, I called with a question. Now I guess I'm calling with an answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was happened. like, 
so this deal just come up fast. So I was like, this is the deal. This is the money. This is the stipulations. And he was like, cool. Like, he don't get excited yeah. about anything. He's like, cool, perfect, that's fine. And I was like, they're testing the studs in the morning, you know, and it's going to be a done deal by 8 a.m. when the gate cracks at the Riata buckle. Yeah. And when he got back, and he got back and we drove up that night to the Riata buckle, and he was like, hey, next time, don't even call me. He was like, "You, if, if that's good for you and good for your wife, He's How like, cool is that? He's like, do it. He's like, don't ever call me three times in a row again. Like, <laughs> like you need my answer. He's yeah. like, if it benefits you, yeah. get it on. And how so, cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah. That's how, about how mine and his deal is, though. Like, we're, we just, I've talked, he's in Texas and I'm out here and I bet we've talked 20 times today and just, yeah. it's, it's good. He's been, he, in, in many ways, he's been the best thing that's happened to me. Join me now as we go on a tour of the advertisers and companies and partners of the Flatbed Podcast. You guys check out LoneStar.tv. It's a church that speaks your language, can be attended from anywhere. Randy and Darla have a personal mission to make people that are unable to attend geographically still feel like they're a part of the, the core group of what happens at Lone Star Cowboy Church. It's the most successful cowboy church in the nation. Huge vision, huge mission, great at loving people, doing a fantastic job with their online audience. If you guys can, check it out at LoneStar.tv. You guys, we're all trying to figure out a way to make our feed more efficient. We're never going to see the price of hay drop to what we want to spend. So what we do is we make our feed more efficient, and that is exactly what's happening at Midwest Agra. Beet pulp pellets are making a difference in the way that we feed, the way that our horses perform, it's a super fiber. It's cheap. It's available. Check them out. Midwest Agra. He, in, in many ways, he's been the best thing that's happened to me and her just because he gave us, he gave us opportunity we wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. And uh, he's, it's got to feed into my dream because sure. I was going to do what I'm doing in Oklahoma right. from now on anyway. And now I'm getting to do it at, at a level that I, I probably would have never done it at just because I would have stuck with taking care of the cattle. And now we have people that help my dad do that. And I'm getting to do the rope horse stuff at a at the level we are. And it's just, it's been great. So he kind of, he almost represents the gateway into the new, yep. everything that is now. Mm-hmm. Trevor's annoying because he won second at Pendleton one year in the steer trip and it got more attention because he saved a man's life in the process. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how frustrating that'd be? Like you win the steer trip in at Pendleton and yeah. it was like, can you scoot over a little bit? Did you see what Trevor just like, yeah. he's just got this way of even when he's a good guy, exactly like yeah. what you're saying, like over and over and over again, I did get him and I want, I want the satisfaction of knowing that he got it. And it frustrates me because I know he saw it and I know that I got him and he never called nothing, never gave me the acknowledgement. We were working on a saddle deal one time, and I had a calf from saddle. He had a team from saddle. We were going back and forth, and I had his saddle. He had my saddle. And so um, the problem, I'm not, I'm not making this part up. This is a true story. The saddle he sent me, the stirrup at the lowest point was just a little too short, yeah. honestly. And he goes, well, that's rude, you know, like joking. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't get the deal done. I thought he wanted a little too much. He thought I wanted a little too much, so we just agreed we were going to swap back. So before I sent his saddle back, he had his guy pick him up at, at Crescent out there. And before I sent his saddle back to him, I took his stirrups and I put them all the way to the very, very, very top hole. Yeah. Like you could have put the stirrup touching the fender. And I know, I know when he pulled that saddle out of the church, I know he saw it. <laughs> and I, he never gave me the satisfaction of saying like, yeah. all right, ha ha. He so, won't either. He'll be like, no, what are you talking about? I don't, I guess, no, I guess somebody else got the saddle. I just know that I know. Oh yeah. 
So you, when you go back to Oklahoma, back in the early days, was there this sense, because obviously a big thinker, hardworking guy, how old were you guys when you, got, when you guys met? 22, 23. 21, maybe? Somewhere in there. Young 20s. Early 20s. Early 20s, yeah. Um, it was a blur. <laughs> when someone, and I don't want to assign you a personality, would you say you operate more in a visionary, what could be looking over the next hill, builder, or? I'm, I'm pretty realistic, I feel like. Like, I come from a family of, guys that just bust their ass because it's just what men do like right. it's it's not because they're trying to get to the next level or whatever it's just like i my grandpa's my dad like they just work and so for me i was riding 15 20 horses in oklahoma and i just worked like the it, i mean there was times where like i would be out there by myself breakwaying and i can remember one time my saddle horn iced over <laughs> and like, I mean, it's a sheet of ice because it's raining yeah, and it's right. 10 degrees. And I'm just like, I've got two or three more horses to ride. I can't quit. Well, I mean, what am I going to do? Just not ride these horses today. Right. Like that's been my mentality. And now I look back like at where I'm at and I'm just like that. It wasn't a question for me. It wasn't like piss on this. It's cold out here down right. done. Like that. What that's never been an option. And right. so, I, I got a little of that when I turned 40. I'm not yeah. proud of it. I've got a little of that now yeah. that I didn't I used to have. <laughs> I, I got soft because. <laughs> If the weather's bad, we just go in the indoor. Okay, Miles. It's nice Goody to go to the you. outdoor. All right. Nice. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I tell her that now when the wind blows 20 used to, I was like, it's a nice day. And I'm like, oh, the wind sucks. I'm like, <laughs> how did terrible. I do that? But but I could go back and do it tomorrow. It's just. I think that's I, I think that's an important part in someone's mind to know if you ever had to go back, you could. Yeah. And I, I think there's actually, to me, there's a little bit of a panicky feeling if you yeah. feel like you're getting so soft you couldn't survive, yeah. especially coming from a working background. Yeah. I, I think that's a nerve-wracking thing to wonder, like, would I still be okay? Could I still do that yeah. even now? I, we, her and I talk about it, and I could do it in a heartbeat. I, when, when we were in Oklahoma and I got busy with the horses, and I say I kind of always stayed busy, but when, like, the expectations got just roof high for me was when I had some customer horses and I had seven or eight or ten of Trevor's horses all the time. Well, they were stuff that, like, he wanted to go win at the futurities on them. And I didn't do the futurity stuff. I was just, it was my job to train him and mm -hmm. send him a product that he could go do it on. And so with that being said, I fed four or 500 head of cattle. I fed my half of the cattle every day. Mm -hmm. And so in the winter, like I'd get up at two thirty or three in the morning and take a spotlight and I'd go start feeding cows in the dark and I would count them with the spotlight. And then at seven or eight in the morning, you would count, you'd count to four or five hundred with spotlight. <laughs> yeah, about forty or fifty at a time. I was about to like, say, all of how our do land you, like, is, I, that just sounds like an impossible task to yeah, get. You get good at it. Three hundred eighty-one. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, like our land spread out, so we'll have forty or fifty head of cattle gotcha. here, there, and everywhere. Gotcha. But I would do that in the dark, so that in the morning, like, and she would have to be at work at nine, so she would saddle my first three or four horses, and when I rolled back in the yard, I put the pickup in park and I got out and started riding and I'd Daisy, ride what, what did you do? I cleaned stalls and I fed and then I saddled and then went to my day job from nine to five and went what, home. And, what was the nine to five? Um, so at first out of college, I worked for a cattle genetics company and then um, now I'm a crop insurance agent still. I work remotely now, but really? for the last few years we were in Oklahoma, I was in the office. 
And so are you guys, like, right now residents, are you guys in Texas now, or are you We're still back Texas? and forth? Because yeah. it was, in the beginning, it was back and back forth, and right? Yeah, and even for over a year, I lived in Texas, and she lived in Oklahoma. I oh, just no. moved to Texas, I guess in July, so it was oh, really? Friday mm-hmm. night, I would head to Decatur, and then Monday morning, I would head to Frederick, Oklahoma to go to work. How far is that? Two, two hours, two, two and a half, yeah, somewhere in there. So it's like you guys were dating for that year. It's like you're back yeah. in the college. Truly, is a solid nine months. Yeah. There's just never been a time for me where I like I wondered, like, why I was doing it, and that was that's what's good about I guess like I said my background. You just did it because you were. Yeah. That's what you do. You just well, work because so you're. That to work. leads to where I'm asking is like when you look to your right, and you look to your left because I've always felt like people with big potential. There's actually a biblical story like when Elijah discovers Elisha and he's working on the plow and he yes he gets called like hey let's go to this new life right and what you know is the potential that was on his life. He takes the oxen and feeds them to his family using the like the plow. You can tell he's done. Like he just, you have to think that in that moment he was like, I am. I knew this was not yeah. where I was going to end up. Did you have that, or in your mind where you're like, I don't know, maybe this is it forever? I I just don't think I worried about it. Like right out of college, we built a nice barn house and we worked our ass off and paid for it in less than two years. And I mean, it was it was a nice house, but like. We were just disciplined every every bit of money, extra money we had, we just took it straight to the bank and put it down. And we we're like, man, we're, you know, 23, 24. We got a place paid for. Uh, we lived right there on the ranch. My mom lived just quarter mile from us. And, like, I hate to sound bad about, like, where I come from, but, like, the people I was around then, like, we had at 23 or 24 what a lot of them didn't have until they were 50, you know? Right. And so I was like, man, we're doing good. Like I always wanted to do more, but like at the time what I wanted to do more is I wanted to be better with horses because mm-hmm. I wasn't some talented man child on a horse when I was 13. Like I, I had to work at it. I learned, like I would lay in bed at night and watch, and you'll laugh. I watched YouTube videos. Like I would look up how rainers teach horses to stop. Mm-hmm. And I'd be out there the next day working on something, you know, like I just, that's, that's how I'm geared, you know? And so for me, as much as anything with where I'm at now, like I get to be around the best to ever do it every day. And I'm like, I'm pumped. Like I've been out here with Ren this week and just roping with Ren and me and him bouncing stuff back and forth off each other. Like I love that stuff. I feed off of it because if there's a potential for me to better myself, yeah, I want to be in the room. My invite might have got lost in the mail because I know you and I know Ren and I <laughs> yeah. live literally 37 seconds. It's fine. Well, you know what? It's no big deal. It's yeah. fine. Well, it's we 9.30 know. tomorrow morning. Come on. <laughs> yeah. How weird would it be now after inviting myself if I just show up tomorrow night? Well, you guys, you said. I well, thought we were... It wouldn't be weird at all because there's been about 400 people over the oh, last few days. I bet. I was at Nick Polaris today and I guarantee there was like nine rigs and poor Nick, he's trying to get ready for this weekend. Yeah. And same, I got the sale at Hershberger and then the futurity. I've never entered a futurity ever for all the rodeo yeah. I've done. I've never done it. And so I got one in each. And yeah, I hate to I hate to admit that I'm this way. I'm like, I don't really know how to prepare. Like, I think I'm ready. <laughs> I wish I could fast forward time yeah. to like Saturday, Sunday, learn everything. I'm going to learn Saturday, Sunday, and then come back. Because yeah. I've sold horses. Like, I've, like, I ride outside horses every day. I've sold horses going on a rodeo. And I've just, anyway, yeah. sorry. Well, for the last three years, we've went to all the futurities and we still look forward to Saturday and Sunday. So Monday we can figure out what we did wrong. Yeah. I take it. It just never ends. So when you guys had the chance to leave Oklahoma, did it feel like, and maybe, maybe you don't think of it to this degree. I don't know, but 
do you feel like you moved more into your type of people or is there parts of Oklahoma that you still feel like is still sort of roots? I'll, I'll always have the place in Oklahoma, like the land and the cattle and everything. Uh, is that where this all ends? When this is done, do you go back? Probably. Daisy's I mean, smiling. This feels like a conversation that maybe isn't quite settled yet. I No, because we'll never know. Like, we have enough family land. Like, we'll always have stuff to go back and tend to. Uh, but, man, like, Decatur's just kind of become home. Like, I was talking about with Trevor and I, it's just like it. Him and he sent me a deal on Facebook. It's probably been a year ago, and it was talking about, like, people in your life and it was comparing it to a tree, like there's there's leaves that just blow through, and it's good and there's bad, and there's twigs and there's branches and stuff. But like the the, the people that change your life forever, like the roots that like they mm -hmm. grow and they grow, but they never leave. Mm -hmm. And he sent me a deal like a year ago, and it just said be a root, and it like broke it down, you know. And Did you cry? No, I didn't. But <laughs> but like it's kind it's kind of what our deals grown into like yeah. he's as much family to me as right. anybody you yeah. know and so decatur's kind of home for us well, for i'm gonna tell now. you what that starbucks gets into a guy too when you can just drive to town yeah. and everything's close <laughs> yeah you hate yeah, it that's yeah. going back like could i survive in my old life that's what's so frustrating is you get close to everything and you're like, you Man, like there Googling is a party how to make a iced white mocha or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you? Where's home? Where were you from originally? So I'm originally from Elk City, Oklahoma, which is only, what, an hour from hour. where we live But I, But we didn't know each other. We were an hour apart but never knew each other until really? college. Until college. And she Rodeo was background? cheating off of nope. me. No. Wait a minute. She, she was cheating off of me in up. class. <laughs> and so that's, that's how we met. That's how that happened. She sat by me and wanted, always wanted the answers to the test and stuff. Listen, I'm telling you, these talented guys, yeah. it just, yeah. it's just what happens. <laughs> how did you guys actually meet? Yeah. We really did have really a class. Really did. I was actually cheating off of her yeah, in class. It, it there it is. <laughs> Perfect. So I, I'm so like I, I'm so curious about, you know, it's two and a half hours. That doesn't seem like that far, but a cattleman's life in Oklahoma, haven't been raised there. It's Western, yes. So it's in the snow globe. But within the snow globe, the two cultures couldn't be further apart. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's far life's so much faster in like so I guess more like progressed because, and I hope I'm taking this, I didn't let you finish your question, I hope I'm taking it the right direction, but like, I didn't know anything about, I'm like, investing, like, what do you mean? I thought you just put your money in a savings account. And like, that's that's where I come from. So yeah. now like, Trevor and I've, he's made me progress in my thinking and where I'm gonna be in 20 years. But like, I mean, we're building like duplexes and stuff mm -hmm. around, you know, Stephenville and Gainesville, Whitesboro. And I'm just like, I look back like two years ago and I'm in Oklahoma. I'm like, I thought you just put money in a savings account. And that's how you got rich. But like, right. I didn't know. And so like right. when you change, change your surroundings and the people around you, and it changes the way you're thinking. And, and like I said, I love where I come from and I'm probably, I'll retire up there someday. I'm going to drive around in the country and drink coffee and look at cows. But for now, I'm just thankful that you know, we were exposed to what we've been exposed to, you know. There's authors, like people who write books and stuff, they talk about the curse of knowledge, which is you've solved a problem in your head. Maybe even it's, a, it's like you're writing fiction. You've created a, a scenario and you've solved the riddle, right? But then you have to go back and write the beginning of the book, which is to try to remember what it was like to not know. Yeah. Because you're operating from a solution. You're trying to go back and rewrite the question, right? Yeah. And so when you look at this, you know, it's almost hard to, I would think it's almost hard to go back and remember what, 
why you did the things that you did or what was your motivation before having yeah. learned, you know, what you've learned now, try to go back and, and, and balance that. But if you could, what's the biggest cultural difference? And we talked about investments, but like in your personal day to day, cause you've always been a hard worker. I'm assuming that's still that that's one of those that doesn't change no matter what. Yeah. What do you see as the biggest change that's taken place in your life? I have two questions and I don't want to forget the other one. I'm going to ask that one first, but then I want to ask why you think Trevor likes you, but you can answer the first one. Yeah. Why I think Trevor likes me. What happened to Trevor? Just like, you want to be business partners and like do investments and stuff? Because here's why I'm saying that. Because I think your average kid out there in a cowboy hat was like, I'd be Trevor's buddy. Like, I, what would yeah. I? Well, but, but I want to, I want to go back. No, it's funny you ask that because uh, literally a week ago we were talking about, uh, I forget what even the situation was, but something went wrong for somebody and then it's like throw their hands and they're like, oh, this always happens to me or whatever. And uh, Trevor and I were talking about it and actually, no, it was a, it was a deal with uh, some people that he and I partner with on some real estate and stuff and something went wrong. And I was like, man, what do you think they think about that? Like a horse got hurt or something. Mm. And he was like, I mean, that's why we're partners with them. He said, they're not the kind of people that look for something to go wrong. He said, they just keep moving forward. Yeah. And I was like, man. And so I can think back, like to answer your question, I can think back to when he was sending me horses. Like, like I tended to business. I would call him and say, hey, as much as I'd like to get your 1200 a month or whatever, like cut your losses, get rid of him. Send us send something like we can make some money on, and I've just always been square. There's never been no gray area with me and him. It's black and white, and and me and him will have a difficult conversation too. Do you guys fight? No, we haven't. But like we'll we'll argue. But like if, I said, if it's you black did fight, if you did fight, oh, sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I can't say that though because. That dude can It'd scrap. It'd be quite the fight, <laughs> truly. He, he can. I was a cat froper for, until I was 33, and so I was really fortunate to be able to see how difficult what some of the things Trevor did in the calf roping were. Yeah. I was never a steer roper. You watch him rope steers, you're like, man, he's good, but I don't really know what he's yeah. doing. Calf roping, that guy's a frustratingly good athlete. It's, like things, yeah, that, things that he would pull well, off that you just go like, there's man, I know that's not. Personal trainer that hangs out with us, he's a black dude just yoked up. And I mean, an insane athlete. Like, one of those guys, like, he can't shoot a basketball, but he could throw it between his legs in midair. And yeah, it, right. Know? And we were messing around this summer playing volleyball, and them two got there messing around, like, wrestling in the sand. And he, like, got pretty serious and dang near pinned Trevor. And I'm talking this Trevor thumped him right now. Like, like got out of a pinch, pinned him, slammed him, and held him down on the ground. And, I mean, this is, this is a guy, what's he, 6'3", 215, 220. Yeah. And I was like, that got real fast. Yeah. And it wasn't like they were mad, but okay, it was guys, like, cool. They listen, were they so were, competitive. Neither get, one was about They to were lose. so competitive. They just wasn't like, <laughs> they were going to go 100 and whatever percent until right. they figured out who. And I was like, dang. Like, but he just, it's the same way, like, don't foot race the guy either. He can run. He'll bet you. I've seen him sit there and bet somebody a Rolex that they could, that he could outrun them. And, and somebody that looks like they're pretty fast. And they're like, oh, we'll just race, but but no bets. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, that dude would have just you lost just his saved, role. You just <laughs> saved your Rolex right there. Yeah, like, you just don't bet against the guy. And But to answer your question. Does that, okay, uh, okay, and I know this is unfair, and I didn't mean to make, have a whole podcast about Trevor. So, Trevor, if you're listening, sorry. Do you, do you ever think that that works against him, though? And, and here's why. I know people that are hyper, hyper competitive. Does he have the ability to turn it off in ways that are healthy? 
I think so. Like a lot of people, you know, they'll they'll want a guy like him to not win, just because they're like sick of seeing him win, or they're he's. It's I've never. Got I've gotten tired ring. of him beating me before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. But that's what the same way with the futurities. I can't tell you. I bet. I bet it's been ten or fifteen different futurities. I bet I've won second place behind him. <laughs> and I'm just like, which for me, I'm like, he's riding a horse that I own half of. Right. And so I it's just a mutual in my, win in my mind. We did it. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I'm like, all right, as long as it's him beating me, it's a win for me. Well, but that's what I mean. Like, is it ever? Does it ever feel like? relationally like the roots the trees like that guy's family all the, the yeah. things that you've said about him that go beyond what a guy you know his visible self where do you guys because the because this is mutual you can't have a relationship with both people are hyper competitive without the ability to ratchet it back yeah so where is that part of the relationship what's weird is like i think i respect him so much as a person and then he's the same with me so we have that in common but like I th- I thanked him one time for it was like a happy birthday. Deal. I was like happy birthday. I was like, hey, thanks for everything you've taught me or whatever. And he was he said you've taught me a lot more than I've taught you. And I was did like, you cry? No. Does Miles, Miles cry? Does like, Miles cry? Miles does not cry. <laughs> but I was kind of like you heartless. That was beast. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time I realized it. But like I think he looks at me for horsemanship as much as I look at him for roping and life or whatever it is. Yeah. And I just, I think we have such a common respect for each other that it's. So where does this partnership go in your life? Cause I mean, I can't obviously can't speak for Trevor and we've talked about him a lot, but like for you, is this your career for now until forever? Or is there a, is there like a, we want to do this until this point and then go that direction? Or do you think that far ahead? I don't, I don't think as long as me and him both keep, having just a passion for horses I don't think it goes anywhere and I mean we're such a good partnership that I think there could be a time where you know for a year or two the way things were happening in life maybe we didn't have many horses or maybe like right now we're hot and heavy on the horses or like and you know I could see it going up and down and going through phases but I think that's what's beautiful about a partnership like me and him have like we'll just roll with stuff and I've I've told him you know numerous times like I said I get to the barn way before the sun comes up i'm it's nothing for me to be at the barn 16 hours a day and i've told him before i'm like hey i get it like just because i'm at the barn don't mean you need to be at the barn i'm telling him this i'm like you've got a family you got kids i'm like take them to school pick them up from school spend time right. with them if you want to hang out with your wife all day hang out with your wife all day i'm at the point in my life where i'm gonna grind and it's all i yeah, know how to do right but, Which, you're, but he you're had those years the, too yeah he had those years in the, the yeah the we've talked about it, it. Yeah. like it's funny he calls it the kill mode years and he was like this is all i did well i'm like i'm in that mode now and you're past that and i get it so like yeah. don't feel like you got to come to the barn i'm gonna ride the horses whether you're down here or not I'll, if we're going to futurity in a month i'll have the horses ready if you know like don't worry about don't feel obligated about anything because of me daisy do you feel like that weeks like this where you're out here miles is able to turn it because kill mode years but do you feel like he turns it off from a, this is more, I guess. A, She's going to say no because at 417, I was getting off a horse <laughs> and I had to be here at 430. So. <laughs> but I don't know. In actuality, we've been joking that this is vacation because we have slept until like six every morning, which doesn't sound big to most people, but that's really yeah. big for us. Is she the same way? Is she like up early doing the same? Forever. <laughs> she, it was a little hard to get her out of bed, but no. 
She, you, she wasn't a morning person like I was, but, man, I'm telling you now, like, when I roll out of bed, she rolls out of bed. And I we might just, be, like, five minutes behind him, but I'm down there shortly behind But Trevor, Trevor will vouch for me, like, she's the MVP. Is, like, it, is it crazy that you being at the barn as early as you are, Trevor, the way that he was for all those years, the proximity to a family that might literally sleep until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, literally just right across the little creek. Is it weird? And both successful. Both successful families. Yeah. Um, What's weird is across the creek, they'll be roping at 2 in the morning. Yeah, right. Like, so, they rope at night, and we rope in the day. It's But, but like, it's crazy because, like, the like the tenacity's there. Like, mm-hmm. Same. same. Like, yeah, I mean, it, you there's there's not a, a recipe that, you know, does or doesn't work. It. I, I love when Tuff comes down and runs some calves with Trevor because, one, I love getting to watch Trevor rope calves. And mm-hmm. I just think he's, like you said, he's just – it's aggravating because you're like, this guy's so good at this yep. that it's not fair. Yeah. And just – it's just a winner's mindset, like whatever it takes. Well, you know? I think that the difference is people who get up early, I've always been a morning person, we're always way more judgy <laughs> than people who get their work done at night because yeah. – like my wife, she's like, I don't care what time you get up. I'll yeah. get up when I want to get up, and I'll work as late as I want to work, and I don't need to be a morning person just because you are. Yeah. And I'm not judgy about the fact that you go to bed early. Yeah. It just seems like that people wake yeah. up early, and I always feel like that that is the way it needs to be done, and I'm for sure that way. I'm for sure yeah. in that camp. Well, I was just raised like that. We, When I was in, I mean, from probably fourth grade on all the way through high school, we have a feed yard, and it was right like – my dad fed cattle at four in the morning and then he went and worked his day job. What did he do? So he has an animal health company, like sells medicine to vets mm-hmm. and stuff. And so he would do that during the day, but we had a feed yard to run. And so before school, I fed cattle in the feed yard with him. I had to be there at open gates at four. And then I would doctor as soon as the sun comes up and then it was to school. And then after ball practice, it was back to the feed yard. And like, so this isn't something you started. This is just something that is. Yeah. It's just always been. It's it's always been like that. And even like the best lesson, you know, parents are always trying to figure out whether to let their kids, like how much rain to give their kids and not. Like I had full rain. I I could be, I could sneak it. I, when I was 17, I had a fake ID and like 21 and under, I'm 21, let's go. You know, but come four o'clock, you better be at the, be ready to Which work. Which you self-regulate. You're 100%. Like, this is it, taught me, it. it taught me discipline because, I mean, there was there was punishment if yeah. I wasn't there at 4 o'clock. Like, I was in trouble, you know, and I, and I had so much respect for my dad that yeah. I just, I didn't wasn't going to let. Out of good graces. I didn't want to let him down. And so, like, yeah, I mean, I run around and had fun, and my parents, they gave me full reign to do whatever I wanted, but I had responsibilities too. And, and the Ty Smith guy that we talked about, he just did a podcast the other day with the Team Roping Journal, and uh, she was asking about my connection to him, and that's what he said. He worked for my dad when he was in college, and that's what he said. He was like, he's been mature since he was 13 years old. And I can I didn't think about it until he told me, but when I was 14, I drove three hours and through Oklahoma City to pick some horses up for him <laughs> and then back home. And he was like, when he was 14, his dad would just send him in a rig and a trailer through Oklahoma City. And it, that's it was when you truth. need a fake ID. Not <laughs> yeah. when you're 17, when you're yeah. 14 and driving. One of my favorite stories was I actually got pulled over one time going to meet Ty at a roping to get a horse. I got pulled over. I got a $292 ticket 
for driving with, I just had a permit at the time. I get this ticket, the police officer's cool. He's like, just go home. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go home after I get this horse, but. I was thinking that I was gonna do that. Here's what I'm gonna do real quick. Yeah. And then I'm going home for sure. <laughs> so I get to the jackpot in Ty. He's like, let's rope. We rope, I win $300, enough to pay my ticket. And I remember getting home, I was so excited to tell my parents that I got a ticket, but don't worry. Yeah, it's good news, bad news. Yeah. So we, uh, I, I, I don't even know if my mom and dad know this, and I'm 40 years old, so I can admit it now I'm a grown-up, but I got five tickets on my brother's ID before I was old enough to drive. Oh, dang. But <laughs> it was a real ID. Like, he would get, like, every time he had a significant birthday, 16, 18, 21, yeah. they send him in the mail, and I was always out there first. And, like, my yeah. brother, he's like, man, the DMV is so inefficient. <laughs> they got to send you two or three copies for him oh finally sticks. Gosh. Yeah, and, and awesome. same thing. Like, as long as you don't. I don't know. David, uh, you know, Bernus Johnson, B-Bar-J Rodeo, David Johnson. It was an old rodeo company. David Johnson talked about there at the Stockyards, that hill, the ramp pulling up there to the parking lot behind yep. Billy Bob's. When his, They had two trucks. They were having all bulls and horses at the Stockyards. They had the contract there back when it was a, a yep. permit rodeo. And he said he was so young driving that 18-wheeler, pulling like a potload of cows or bulls or horses, that he'd have to stand up on the floor and he just hoped he didn't get caught right there at the light out there by where the water burger yep. and stuff is at the main drag. And he said he'd drive it all the way back out there to Benbrook. It was just part well, of the deal. Yeah, it's... They'd string it up for that today. Oh, yeah. And, two, that there's not many parents that probably expect from their kids what, like, I was expected of at that age. And, it, and it's probably good and bad. I, I probably missed out on some years of childhood because I was basically an adult when I was 16. But it was... Looking back, it was good because... I learned a lot of lessons early that I didn't have to learn later on on yeah. my own, you know. Well, and like you look at a horse, if you were to like start a horse that's eight years old, that horse has got a lot of patterns. Yeah. You know, the hope of a horse like that really being something is really diminished. Yeah. Where when you start them early and they learn how to learn early, you know, there's oh, yeah. some patterns and some habits that they pick up yeah. that just they don't have to. Yeah, for sure. No, and I, it's it's been good. I'm, everything that has happened in my life has led up to where I'm at now and I you know I I'm just I'm thankful that it worked out the way it did because it it prepared me for it and it made it to where I felt like I prepared myself for it and 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 things felt like things paid off you know uh I just I've had a lot of favor you know what's the best head horse best heel horse that's come through the program since the partnership started man See, that's that's tough because, like, there's been some really good ones that, you know, haven't got a shot. For what reason? They don't, they go to, you know, guys that aren't roping for a living, you know. Sure. And which is good. And, like, in our defense, like, those guys pay the most money for them. Sure. And, uh, well, they're wanting but, something safe. In, in fairness. Yeah. Those are the guys that should be paying the most. Yeah. Because if they have time off because they're working or they got their business or they're not pursuing a rodeo career, they want to be able to get on and know that they're not going to get whipped down. Yeah. When all they're trying 100%. to do is just have fun. Yeah. So, it may, I mean, the logic of it, but you want to see a horse go on and do something great. Yeah. But, like, so far, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. There's been so many good horses, but, like, that firecracker horse, he won a lot. Um what about the bay that Trevor rode at Houston last year? That's a toy box. That horse come from uh, Trevor bought Trevor. I had that horse, and Trevor bought half of him from me, and then we partnered on him. But he come from a guy where I'm from in Oklahoma. It was just that guy broke him and cowboyed on him, 
and I bought him when he was what, end of his three year old year. What are the chances so. of a guy that's just cowboying on one that turned out that? Because that to me, and I was, I think I probably seen that horse make two or three runs, maybe. But yeah. Goodness sakes. I matured him when he was four or five, five, and then Trevor rode him when he was six. Yeah. But I, I won probably thirty or forty thousand on him at the futurities, and and then I actually made the circuit final. Did I, I rodeoed on him that summer? A little bit, I? yeah. And I mean, he's he's just a good horse. But that guy cowboyed on him so much, like where he does was, where does that horse rank was, on the list? He he's up there, but like that horse. So Clay Smith's uh, niece, sister-in-law. No, sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's twelve well, or thirteen. Maybe she's tiny. She she's jackpots tiny on thing. him. There's a well, lot of good horses that end up at that yeah. family. I mean, both of so them. So Firecracker and the Bay both went to them, and, like, Clay's rode both of them, and then that 13-year-old yeah. girl jackpots on them. Firecracker surprises me because that horse was such a just a big racehorse bred, mm-hmm. what looked like could be a scary yeah. to think of a 12-year-old little girl. Shout-out to her, too, for just getting up there and making it happen, yeah. too. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's testament to What's just, the worst what's horse you guys have had? Oh, Stinger. Was his name? Stinger. So one of the very first horses Trevor ever sent to me, and this was a guy gave this horse to Trevor. Well, he was like 13-3, 14-Q yellow. And Why did he give him to Trevor? He, so it was, you're, you've heard of the Schroeders probably, mm-hmm. huh? Okay, so when was Dennis mm-hmm. kind of got out of the horse deal, had a bunch of horses, well, they were just kind of turned out the pasture. Well, he gathered a few of them up, took them to Trevor and Roy, and was like, y'all can pick through them, y'all can. Hoping to have the next Texaco. Yeah, just see what, see what's good and what's not. Well, this yellow, he don't have papers. No one knows how he's bred, but he's cute. I mean, good-looking little thing. <laughs> so Trevor sends him to me. He says, hey, somebody rode him a year or two ago. Like, he's probably five by now. But we have no idea anything about him, so take him. So I start riding him, and he had been rode, but he was so wild on the ground. Well, I'm like, he'll get over it. You know, I... He never got over it. Dangerous on the ground, not wild on the yeah, ground. Yeah, he was dangerous. I just was pretty optimistic, and I was like, I'm going to do a good job for Trevor. I'm going to get this wild yeah. thing trained. And What was I never the moment did. that I never, you gave? Was there one moment where you're like, that's it, I give up? Or was it just? I, I wrote told it, him I had to him. give up like five times, <laughs> and he would not listen. Hey, I had him for like a year. Daisy told me, hey, as a fellow blonde, let me just tell you, yeah. I know things, and this is not going to happen. Yeah. He is so bad. <laughs> I had him for a year, and I never charged Trevor because I never felt like I made the horse better. And I got him where like, you, I mean, he would roll around the corner and drag his tail head and take a hit. But you may get off to pick your rope up, and he may kick at you. Oh, and so he's kind of aggressive with it. It he wasn't. Was, no, he was bad. He kicked. I've been kicked probably four times my whole life, and three of them were by that horse. <laughs> and but I've like I did everything. Like I taught him to lay down. I'd lay him down. I'd tarp him. Like I did so much stuff you can't imagine. And finally, I just I told Trevor, I'm like, hey, which he knew I wasn't charging him, and that was one of them deals. Who's where paying like, for feet on that deal? So you're losing money. I lost to ride money. It. Oh, yeah, I lost a lot of money on him. But that was one of them deals where, like, Trevor knew what I was doing. He wasn't going to acknowledge it. He wasn't going to pat me on the back. But it was going back. He's watching. In, it was going back in his little bank of, like, this guy's yeah. trying to do right. And finally, I'm like, I'm going to get rid of this thing. So I post him on Facebook for cheap. And I'm like. How cheap? 4500 Maybe. Probably. Maybe. And at this point, you could jackpot on him. Like, I mean, you could take him to the 12th slide. And hey, win. if somebody's willing to just put on armor every day and go try it, like, if yeah. you need a horse. That's well, basically what he said in his face. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he'll, he's, I just, I spelled it out. Personally, my favorite thing about the podcast is the relationships that I've made. And that includes the companies that have come alongside the Flatbed Podcast to make this possible. 
You guys will never hear a happier Jordan Weaver than right now. I've just partnered with Ranch Hand Solar Lighting Systems. Let me tell y'all what, everybody asked me the same question. Arizona's great, but what about the summers? There's nothing worse on ropes than when the sand is 120 degrees. It's hard on your cattle. It's hard on your horses. I've been panicking. We have partnered with Ranch Hand Solar Lighting Systems. Let me tell you why this is different. Everybody's like, well, I can't afford the light bill. Who can afford the $50,000 install? We don't need stadium lights. We just need enough light to rope when it's not hot, when it's not hot outside, right? Ranch Hand Solar Lighting Systems, these mount on temporary poles, an average of 14 to 16 lights per arena, no more than $10,000 total, and there is no light bill. You can put them up, turn the lights on, you're open at dark. I cannot tell you how excited I am about these. They've got a one-year warranty, 10-year lifespan, dust to dawn battery longevity. You can fully charge a battery on these solar lights in six hours to get 12 hours of production. I'm telling you, do yourself a favor. I'm leasing this arena this summer and I didn't want to put a full-on infrastructure of lights, right? This is temporary. You put them up, you set them up. If you ever move, you take them down, you take them with you. I'm telling you guys, check them out. RanchHandSolarLighting.com. Do it right now. In 2014, we launched the 1017 Project, an idea that could give value to roped out rope and steers and protein to people in need. Since then, we have donated hundreds of thousands of pounds of hamburger to food banks, after-school programs, women's shelters. Last year, the 1017 Project gave away $699,000 worth of hamburger to the people who needed it the most. You can get involved by going to the 1017project.com. If you're going to attend an event in Arizona, check out ropingcalendar.com. It is the most comprehensive list of everything that's going on in Arizona. You can search by a date, arena. You can even search by jackpot number. You can look for only the jackpot numbers that you're looking for at ropingcalendar.com. It's available in Google, iTunes, anywhere that you get your electronic apps. It's there. Check it out, ropingcalendar.com. Yeah, I was like, he'll, he's, I just, I spelled it out. So this guy buys him. Keep going while you're talking. I'm still listening. I'm going to see if I, is the, is the ad still up, you think? I hope not. <laughs> oh, I doubt it. I bet I deleted it. Uh, so anyway, he, this guy gets him. He's mad because the horse is wild, whatever. Hold on. He's mad that he's exactly what you told him? Yeah, but he told me he was like, he was mad because the horse set back and, like, burned his hand or something. You're like, you're like oh, you think setting back is bad? Wait till you figure out what else he's going to do. Yeah. And so... The horse has never disappeared. He's changed hands like four times, and I'm not lying to you. Two weeks ago, this guy messaged me, and he's like, how about this horse you trained? I just bought him. Didn't cost very much. I figured there was a story behind it. And I'm like, for one, I'm at this point, I'm like, I just want my name detached because. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I lost money on the horse. I was doing Trevor a favor. Can someone please just yeah. take my reputation off of it? I yeah. tried to tell y'all. And so, but the bad thing about it, like, he was good to rope on. I mean, you could heel on the sucker. And he was cute. Like, if you saw him, that's the but one like, that you'd want. clamp his tail head and crawl around. But he was just so bad on the ground, like, you couldn't catch him. And, I like, I don't mean, like, he was malicious, like, mean, but, like, when he was going to try to get away from you, he may kick to try to get away from you. It was yeah, just, just like, survival. Survival, exactly. And I just text the guy back. I'm like, I send it to him. I, <laughs> I know I got this on Facebook. Uh, I got to find this. But anyway, I text him and said, uh, I spelled it out to him about like how bad this horse was. And I was like, do yourself a favor. Whatever you paid for him, just counted a loss. It's been five, six years now. And if he's still not gentle, he's not going to get gentle. But that, that was hands down the worst. I think he's the worst one I've ever rode because I never got mad and just like went off and whipped this thing or nothing. Yeah, it wasn't based on anything you had done. Wrong. No, I, 
I was so good to this horse, and I can't find it. And he just didn't want to be good. So easily the worst horse I've messed with. I had a horse one time. He was a little gray horse, no paper, same thing. The gal brought him in, and she said he didn't, she said he didn't buy. So I was broke. Not broke. I was poor. I wasn't yeah. broke. I was a poor person. Yeah. And he was cheap, and so I bought him. And long story, long series of stories, but he would buck in the morning when he'd saddle him. He'd buck so hard the stirrups would clap up over his back <laughs> every day. And I mean straight. And he wasn't like trying to buck you off, just scared to death. He yeah. would quiver. Like you go to put a halter on him, and his foot would quiver. And he had this moment of like, I feel like he's going to strike me. He never did, but you just, you just, it was never out of the question, right? And you try to like get him broken. He had to stop like a BNSF train. Just, I mean, just a gradual stop. And my father-in-law loved him. So he wanted to buy him. So one morning I come walking down and it's seven o'clock in the morning, whatever I was doing. And we get to the kitchen and I said, Hey, how's it going? My father like, not good. I go already at seven o'clock. How bad could the day have gone? He's like, horse bucked me off. So I go out and I'm riding that morning. It was cold. So I was out riding and the arena been drugged the night before. And there's like this perfect little like lobe circle. And then you can, it's like, you get to see the whole story, right? There's like this divot and then a divot where this horse is bucking this way and then bucking this way. And then there's like a human imprint right here and the arena's deep. And so you got like this body print and then there's like a foot and a drag mark and a foot and a drag mark oh, where dang. you had to get the fence. Anyway. He gets out of him. I bought him. I don't. I don't know why. Made a calf horse out of him. Yeah. But before I did, Dale Woodard was doing a clinic at the the house, and he sees this horse, and he's just doing his deal. And Dale says, "I need to give you some advice, but I want you to listen to me." He said, "Don't sell that horse." Not that he's going to give me a compliment. He's a cute little gray typey looking horse. He goes, uh, "Don't sell that horse. Give him away." He said, "That horse will never make anything." He said, "The yeah. chances of that horse turning out are zero. I'm telling you this as a friend. Get rid of him." That's the horse that Trevor leased from me all summer as a calf horse. Oh, so no every time I get a picture of Trevor, I send it to Dale. But but I was too broke. I didn't have the choice. I yeah. was the guy that had to buy the like I knew. I just didn't have I, I just I didn't have the option. But yeah. that horse well, did he did eventually come out of they Trevor won like told me a million times, like he's like, Hey, just give up on that sucker. There's so much better stuff to ride. But in that point in like mine and his relationship, I was like, I'm gonna make him the best I can possibly make him. That's a principal matter at that point. Yeah. And I just didn't charge I didn't. I never charged him because he told me to. I could, he was like, "Just give up on him." I'm like, "No, I'm doing it for me now. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna prove a point." Listen, Trevor, this yeah. isn't about you anymore. And so, <laughs> the end game, I made this rank kill horse that you still couldn't catch in a twelve by twelve stall. But, yeah, you know. Tell me real quick. I know you guys got to go. Tell me about Arizona. What have you guys found out about being out here? What is it? What's what's the Arizona experience like for you guys? Life's just slower out here. It's it's neat. I I enjoy it. Like. I think the last week out here, I've rode five horses a day, which is is how many I actually have with me. Yeah. But I'm just that's what I ride. I started riding at nine this morning. I didn't get done till right before I come up here. Yeah. So I'm in no hurry. It's just get just, to be more thorough and yeah. And there's just so many like-minded people out here that like to rope, and it's I just I I really enjoy it out here. We're actually gonna spend more time out here. Uh, there's an arena and stuff going up over at Cave Creek that we're gonna spend a lot of time cool. out here in the winter so i love i i have I, it's the first time i've ever felt at home yeah i love fort worth i always loved fort worth it was turned into a city never felt at home in oregon i man this is i love the people if it's almost like it almost feels like being on a cruise yeah no one's from here everyone's from somewhere else they're here on purpose right yeah. and so uh daisy what's your thoughts you like it here too 
I do like it. I, I'm a fair weather person, though, so when it's cold and windy in Texas, if they give me the option to come to Arizona, you're just I, looking I'm west, ready for the yes. first ready to get out of here. Yeah. Yes, it does change. It does kind of pivot right about middle of June yeah. for a few months. But yeah. well, guys, thank you guys for jumping on. I yeah. appreciate both of y'all. Thanks for for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having us. What uh, anything I missed? Is there? Oh, we didn't. Best heel horse. Last thing. I know you got to go. Best best head horse firecracker. You didn't say that, but you kind of the, yeah. he was on the list. No, Best I like horse. him. I think I got the most mileage out of him. I won a lot on him when he was a five-year-old, and he was one like there. W- there wasn't really an amount of money that I was just like, okay, I'm, I'll be happy if I get this because I want this horse sold. Like I could still, I could have that horse out here with me today, and just I could be helping on him at the futurity this weekend and be happy to have him. Yeah, you know, I just I liked him. I liked his personality, and I owned his mom, and it just—he was a cool story. Okay, so heel horse, best heel horse. Um, probably the one that's done the most is the bay that Joseph has in the Rancho Rio this weekend. Um, I bought that horse from Dellen Parker. And Shout out Dellen. Yeah, he would. Hey, he, also a closeted podcaster. That guy could have a podcast. Yeah. Tomorrow, I do great at it. Yeah, Sorry, I didn't mean I to believe it. No, you're good. Uh, Dylan was coming from the circuit finals in Kissimmee and stopped through my place and roped for a day or two and had this bay on there. And he, uh, Dylan had just, he was one of them horses. Like Dylan hadn't healed on him a long time, but he had already jackpotted on him. It was like, he just kind of a freak. He was, mm-hmm. he had him just broke and he was, he was just cool. And I was like, I got to have the sucker. He crawled around on his tail head and drug his ass and stuff. And I just liked him. So I bought that horse from Dylan. But I didn't actually, like, it wasn't like I had him when he was a two-year-old. Yeah, right, he was one I bought. Right. Um, but Joseph went on, did good with the horse. How old is that horse now? Ten, probably. She probably. showed him a lot in, like, the ranch horse competitions and stuff. But that horse has done real good. Trevor, we have a Bama Cat horse that's by Bama Cat. That that's the Sorrel. Little Sorrel. Mm. Uh, I liked him a lot. We bought him. I rode him for my dad. And then uh, Trevor and I bought him for my dad and then just – here recently, Trevor was like, is there a price that you would take for that horse? It's like, heck yeah, I'll sell anything. And he was like, well, what's the price? And so I named the price and he's like, perfect. I'll just pay you your half of that and I'll keep him because I don't want to have to sell him. And oh, nice. So so he's part of the family now. He's well, you know how Trevor is. He'll be <laughs> he's he'll, part of the family for now. <laughs> for now. Uh, but that that's a real good horse. The. Sorrel horse that won the Futurity, that's a real good horse. But another one, shout out Dakota, Kirchenslager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Darren Johnson, cowboyed and stuff on that horse. And I actually bought that horse from Dakota for my dad. Yeah, I remember that. At, yeah, at the at Rancho Rio. Yeah. yeah, I bought that horse for my dad when my dad got him home, didn't get along with him. And I was like, hey, I'll, I'll just buy that horse from you. I knew what my dad gave for him, obviously. And I we made my dad a little money and kept him. And he, was, he did some good in the healing. And so, like... Where's that horse now? Um, a guy from Springtown, Texas has him in just kind of World Series and stuff on him. But uh, I'm so, like, you'll never hear me try to hide, like, where a horse comes from. Like, Dude, I you guys do not have enough time to finish this podcast, but I, I am so on that. Yeah, because, like, we have a program, and that don't mean that, like, if I start five two-year-olds a year and they come stay with us till they're six-year-olds, that's not the only five horses that come through our program. Like, you're in right. the business of finding good horses and buying them and selling them. I'm in that business. So, like, the horse of Dellens, he come through 
the program. Yeah. The horse that Dakota started come through the program, you know, like, like, did they come through my program? Yeah. Were they part of my program? Yeah. Were they part of Dakota's program? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm just not, I'm not trying to steal anybody's thunder. Cause yeah, if you want to be I'm, in the game very long, you got to, it's got to be good for everybody. There's nothing worse. Well, so the, the horse that I had that has the most success was horse, the one horse of the year last year. And that was a huge the deal. Gray was the gray horse that lightning tried. And that's a huge deal. I'm not even, I'm not going to try that cool. I didn't see that coming. I, I like that horse. He's a good fit. He was great. Everything's yeah, great. Well, like I said a minute ago, we've had some great horses that you never hear of them again. Yeah, right. You know, and so, right. So, so I felt really fortunate what's happen. that guy got that horse. And I wasn't trying to cut anybody out. I didn't know. I didn't. I never met the people that I got him from. I didn't know who they were. I bought him off a Facebook ad for not a lot of money. And, yep. and so um, I felt like I wanted to like, hey, I, I wasn't trying to, because he was six when I got him. And I mean, they... It's a weird one because I was, it wasn't like I was like, no, I take all the credit for all this because I'm the same way. If somebody came through someone's program, I know how important that is. Like Ricky, yeah. Ricky Lambert had a horse that he trained that Joe Beaver ended up with, that Corey Solomon took to the finals. And so when Ricky mentioned, is mentioned at the NFR, it's not everybody look at me. It's the next time Ricky has a horse for sale. I mean, yeah. it is, it, it, it's an inclusive thing that I think exactly. we need to try to embrace. I've yeah. gotten to know some of the people that had owned that gray horse before people that probably kind of knew what they were doing. I just, I didn't know that weren't going to take credit for this horse. That weren't going to go, well, we trained that horse. Cause when I got him, they're like, er, 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 nope, yeah. nope. But now they're coming back. And then other people that had, you know, maybe did like the horse or whatever owned his, but that's a really long way around to say, I want to always try to be the guy that's yeah. like, this is the horse I bought him from. This is the guy that did this. This is where I was when I got him. The horse I'm showing at the maturity on Saturday is a, super nice six-year-old that i didn't train yeah i got him from k stevens and if it ever comes up that was not my deal i yeah, got him 100%. he was going pretty good it was three months ago how much could you really say you yeah. did in three months well like it's opened up a door like where i mean i bet between me or my dad we've bought four or five horses like from dakota you know yeah. because he can call me and say hey i got this horse he may you know you can this is where he's at you could ride him for a year and you can sell him for a lot of money but like my client wants to sell or whatever and like i'm like that with everybody i yeah i'm just like they, it takes all of us to make the world go around and i well as soon just, as as soon as we're done here i got two horses i need to tell you about because i got <laughs> same perfect. thing i got some guys that just need to go like yeah getting out of the deal oh, that's so. great but while i'm thinking about it i can't uh, one of our good uh he's been a good client to us but the talking about good head horses the winningest head horse we've had at the fraternities was that dagger horse and he won. He's won over a hundred thousand now. I think he's like maybe number two all time rope horse or top. Who's three. number one? Uh, Apache Blue Boy, mm -hmm. and he did it a long time ago when it was probably harder to win money. But Steve Orris showed him, and I forget all, who all showed him, but he was like reserve super horse. Uh, he's the sire to uh, Haley. Haley of yeah. juniors, yeah, yeah, but yeah. He yeah, was right. a, he was a freak before, you know. And there then, was a so, lot of. In modern times, Dagger's number two. Yeah, and and that's been a good horse, but just like that horse, he he went teased with it's some worlds. He's he is just now turned six, like he he's won six this year. Yeah, so really? he can keep going. But the guy that has him, he World Series and stuff. And but I I can't not mention that horse because that guy would be like, hey, what about I got the this yeah. winning son of a gun? Uh, hello, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he and he does like that's a good horse. He's a great yeah. futurity horse. So I just couldn't. With it being said to the public, I had to yeah, right. give that Everybody guy a shout-out because he did buy – he bought a cool horse, who you know. Are, 
as we continue to close here, sorry, that's an old preacher term here, but the, there's a, is there one company that's buying a lot of y'all's horses? I'm so sorry. This, I'm, I'm no, you're good. Hold, but is there one group that's buying most of y'all's horses right now that's in Springtown or, or? No, uh, the, there's a guy, the guy in Springtown's bought probably four, four or five horses from us over the last few years. Okay. Um, like he, he has. What's the name of that? Uh, 2D's. 2D. That's what, what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Uh, he bought, like, the horse that come from Dakota that we won the healing on, and he bought Dagger. And uh, But what he's done, those are the only two he kept. He's turned around, and people have seen him riding those horses that he got from us, and he's made money on them because Perfect. they're like, right. hey, I can ride their horses. You know, right. I see this guy riding them. And it's funny. He bought a handful of horses from us and just turned around and sold them. And actually... Uh, Which is that's what you want. You that's want hundred yeah. percent right. Like uh, that's what I've had people call me because he he put some prices on Facebook and people are like, dang man, he, that make you mad? I'm like, no, it's awesome. He's making money. Yeah. But like the horse I rode, he was a five year old last year. I rode him at the national circuit finals and stuff. He bought him and then uh, Driggers has him now. And people are like, golly, you, you know, he he probably made money. I'm like, I hope he did. That, why, yeah, why would we not want that? It's like I tell people all the time, it's like people in our industry are allergic to money. I, <laughs> if I sell you a horse, I want you to make so much money on him that you call me and like, hey, I'm you got any more of them deals? Absolutely, absolutely. And, well, and it doesn't work that way all the time. You want that, and it doesn't always work that way. There's nothing worse than somebody buying a horse and it doesn't go good, and it's like, I, that oh, bugs yeah. me. Like, I feel like yeah. I lose sleep at night when it doesn't work. But it, you still want – and I, I I mean, I certainly didn't get what I thought the gray horse was worth because he was so big. I live in Arizona. Yeah. The, the, I mean, he was the worst kept seeing. I told – I begged everybody, come try him. Oh, he's too big. I'm like, well, so is LeBron James, right? Yeah. He's a pretty good athlete. <laughs> and and so for that horse to go on and do well yeah. was actually more rewarding than yeah. if I'd had a pile of money and sold him to somebody that's like, I can't ride him. He well, sells. we sold – we tried, like, dang it a year ago to sell that paint mare that we featured last year and we we bought her from my dad and we tried to sell her and tried to sell her couldn't sell her no one wanted to paint mare well she wins eighty five thousand as a four-year-old yeah, come and on. we sold an embryo two embryos out of her the other day for fifty thousand a piece come on just embryos and it was it's like who's maybe you can't say uh. Our, our, our industry's catching up. That's yeah. when you ask earlier if, if the vision fits what Trevor and I are wanting to do, it does because my vision is that our futurity world gets as big as the cutting and the cow horse and stuff. And I was talking to a guy the other day that knows his stuff. And I'm like, how long till we catch the cow horse? He's like, we're past them. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, with the cow horses, when they're done, a seven-year-old guy can't buy them and go to Arizona and it, hang out on them. can't interact with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, our, as a whole, our industry's bigger already, and now the breeding's catching up to it. And when the breeding gets there, like, that's my goal is to get to right. where, like, you know, you see guys like Andrea and, like, Corey Cushing and them guys that are big. And I hope it gets to that point where, like, like, I'm an advocate for the industry. I'm just glad to be yeah, a part of it. Right. I hope that my name's mentioned amongst guys, but, like, when you hear Andy Holcomb's name, I want you to think of Andy Holcomb's name like you think of Corey Cushing's name. Yeah, right. Or I want you to say hear Dakota respect, yeah. and think of Boyd Rice. Like, you know what I mean? I I want that for our our industry. I think it was, I, I think it was Bobby Moat. So I hope I'm not quoting him wrong. But I th I think it was him that said, if it wasn't for gambling, 
you know, that's what drives the racehorse industry is everybody yeah. can interact at a personal level. They can go feel like they've got vested interest yeah. in a race. And so it drives the finances. But he said, a guy from Dubai that's got however many millions of dollars in the bank is not going to go get on his racehorse and take it on a trail ride, right? Yeah. There's no interaction. Right. With a team roping horse, if that horse goes through the maturity process and keeps his mind and is a good horse, that guy that spent all that money on him is like, man, I'd really like to learn how to team rope. Yeah. He's going to get to go then take that horse that has had, you know, a tremendous show career, yeah. and that's his horse. Yeah, that's, and that's what's... that's unique. To me, that's unique in the horse industry. Yeah, that's what's amazing. That's what I love about, like, just like the dagger story. Like, that horse started the stud deal for us because that was the first show-me-the-buckles horse we had. But, like, that horse could have, if he would have maturityed all this year and then maybe he could have kept royal crowns until Pass. he's seven or eight, like, that horse could win 200000 But But, no, like, he went on. Like, he's he's a World Series, man. Yeah. Like, that guy, he's telling me the other day, he's like, I'm going to build this son of a bitch a stall in my garage so I can <laughs> sleep close to him because, like, he loves the horse yeah. that much. Yeah. So, like, that makes me happy. And Absolutely. Like, would I love to be faturing him and maybe win so much on him that it took a freak of a horse to catch us? How'd yeah. you guys find that horse? Where did um, – Cooper Smith – uh, I don't want to call him a horse trader. Like, he trades a bunch of horses, but, like... When you say I don't want to call him a horse trader, it's yeah. pretty close to just calling him a dog. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, like, that's what he does. But it's it's sure enough, like, they do a good job. Right, they're not, like... Right, right, They're not like dealing... high-end horses. He's a horse like, dealer. Dealer. Like, there they're not that's, trying to, that's like... not a trader. He's a dealer. Deal out yeah. outlaws to people. Right, but, like, right. he called Trevor and said, I got this buckskin I need you to look at. And I had pulled up that day. I had I wasn't, like... I was still riding some horses for Trevor. I pulled up, and they're all circled around, and they're about to flip a coin. And I'm like, what are y'all about <laughs> to flip a coin for? And they were in an argument because uh, Cooper wanted 25000 for Dagger, and Trevor wanted to give him 20000 And so they're like, all right, we'll flip a coin. And no kidding. Loser pays it, you know. <laughs> so Trevor loses the coin flip, and Dagger costs 25000 Uh But then, like, Dagger's not that big. He's just gritty. Like, he's 14-3. Yeah. He's really – not big enough to be like a rodeo top horse. Yeah. But Cooper leaves and Trevor's like, what am I going to do with this thing? Because he was three. He had been in some reining training, but I mean, he didn't know anything. Trevor, he was like, I guess take this horse home with you. <laughs> and so I just took him home and I rode him for a while, but he was so quirky and weird on the ground. Really? I ride him for six months and I send him back to Trevor and he didn't get rode for a month or two and he got fresh. And Trevor's like, this thing's like a caged lion. He's like, <laughs> I'm not going to keep him. And I don't I was, need a rope. I need a chair and a whip. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so I don't know what to do. He's like, if you like him, he's like, I'll just let you buy him from me because Trevor had been paying me to ride him. And I said, I'll tell you what. I was like, if you won't sell him, I'll buy half of him from you and we'll just partner on him. Because we had already, at this point, we had started partnering so on Trevor's something. ready to be out of the deal on him. He yeah, was prepared to let him go. Just because he was going to require a lot of time. Yeah. And, and he wasn't big enough. Like, you know how Trev, like, Head horse needs to be a head horse, like a real yeah. 15, one think, or two. I think of like the gray that Jake Cooper ended up buying that he rodeoed with Patrick, that yeah, big like, giant. And so then we got this 14, barely three-hand buckskin that's just pretty, and he's like, he's not a head horse. He's like, I don't care about a heel horse. And I was like, just, I think, like, he can win because he's yeah. so gritty. And so anyway, we partnered on How him. How cool and, is that to have almost advocated for that horse to give him a chance, and then yeah. he goes on and does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was cool. and. Trevor had never never run a steer on him until the first time we took him away from home was like April or May of his four-year-old year. And I was like, let's enter the AQHA show before the Futurity. It was before the Old Can Classic. 
And I said, just run a steer on him and then show him tomorrow in the open. And because there was no four year old deal. And so he wins the AQHA show under like all three judges on him with like 90 horses entered. Jeez. Just smokes a run. And uh, then places like third or fourth on him in the Futurity the next day. That was the first time I beat Trevor at a Futurity. It was on that toy box <laughs> horse. I was second and he was third. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Suck it, loser. Yeah. What's it feel like to What's lose? <laughs> but was there ever a time where Trevor came back and was like, hey, man, thank you for not letting me do the deal? Or was it just an understood, like, everybody wins? It's just everybody wins. It's always like that. Like, he, he's not going to, like, pat you on the back. He's not going to pump you up or give you words of encouragement or nothing. But he's like, like a tear to shreds. He's just going to even kill. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, he keeps track. He knows who's on his team. He's, yeah. He's a, I, I guess you could say calculated, like he, he knows, and, and we're so tight that like, yeah. I would never tell him I told you so, and he would never tell me that unless we were just like joking around. But, but does it make you feel better that you don't have to say I told you so because you know that he knows? <laughs> like, it's just a quiet, like, you yeah. know, you know. Yeah, but I would hate to, I would hate to tally on told you so's on me and him and the horse stuff because yeah, he's <laughs> he's been wrong and i've been wrong and but just but in his defense like that horse he is like man like if i want to raise like rodeo head horses like that wasn't the horse now show horse sure that sucker can move his feet and he looked amazing yeah, doing right. it but he's 14 three yeah you know he's not well and i think I, I think maybe people don't realize you know, you get in the middle of August and you're in Phillipsburg, Kansas, and that horse has been going all year long. Yeah. Like, there is a physical toll. It doesn't matter how tough they are. Yeah. There's a physical toll that a horse will give you everything he's got, but you're yeah. asking for a lot out of a horse for the year. Yeah, and it's it's different because Trevor's never seen – he he can't even tell you – like, he'll call me. We talked yesterday or day before Treston was at the Lone Star Shootout, and we're talking about the barrier. He's like, I don't know how to – he's never been behind a World Series barrier before. Until the U.S. Finals last year, he headed for me, I think, in like the 15 or something, and he broke the barrier twice. Yeah. And Welcome like, to our world <laughs> yeah, with them like, commoners, Trevor. <laughs> I thought you could just nod and go. <laughs> but, like, that 14-3 horse, it's gritty and can move his he's feet. Got more space between that yeah, and the World Series. Yeah, he kills, he kills I, at the World Series. I'm of the belief. Everybody's like, well, the World Series ruins scoring on the horses, and I hear their point, but I don't I don't agree. I think a horse that naturally will stand there and absorb the sound of a gate yeah. is an advantage in a World Series as much as behind a rope barrier yeah. because those horses that just react with the gate, yeah. you, even because then you're pulling and they're stopped, and, like, a horse has got to score no matter where you take him. Yeah, that, well, that is, I like uh, well, like your how your horse, the Lightning Road, how he scores. I have a bay right now that I love. Like somebody have to pry him out of my dead hands to get him, <laughs> but he won't stand. He'll sit there and his his front feet will just patter. Yeah, but I can't. I until like like Ren's gonna ride him tomorrow, and we and him were talking about. He was like, I love it because when the gates bang. He drops about two inches, and his feet kind of keep going. He never goes through my hand, yeah, but. He when you drop, he's gone. And the, it's just it's a good it's a good feeling. I love that horse. Does he stand perfect? No. Would he would the judges at AQHA show love him? No, right. but I don't care. Like I, I run probably thirty steers on him at Buckeye and never missed it by more than point two and never broke the barrier. And I could just judge the start yeah. on him. You know? That's that's the black that I got at Rancho. He he's kind of a mover, you know. Yeah. But it, th there are times I almost felt like he was easier to score than the gray. Because the gray, I swear, have you ever rode that horse? 
No, but he just stands dead. It's, a, it's, it's crazy. It yeah. is like literally he forgot the play every single time. Yep. But he'll leave. You know, you can and get him to go. That's a racehorse deal, though. A lot of those horses Absolutely. are like Absolutely. Larry Goss used to say that if a horse didn't have some run in him. So, okay, my racetrack background. Back in the day, my dad was a chaplain at a racetrack, so I was running a racetrack, but yeah. I don't know if that counts. But, <laughs> like, if a horse is wiggling and doesn't get a good start, they're yep. not going to win races. And if they're not going to win races, they're not going to breed them back. So what made them worthy of being bred back was their willingness to stand there, yep, knowing it's coming, and then fire. Well, that's all you're asking them to do is score, right, yep, is just to stand there. Zank was in here before the Royal Crown, and he said, a horse that knows he's going to catch up isn't worried about giving a head start. Yep. So I, I am completely in agreement. Yeah. The black horse made the finals at the cutting horse maturity. He's all cow. Yep. So it frustrates him at a, like a rodeo start to sit there. He's like, oh, what are we doing? Like, yeah. but a World Series, he'll he'll you know he's moving. But I almost felt like there are times it was easier to score him because at any point, you, it's almost like a rubber band. Yep. As you're letting it go, they're taking it. They're already going. They're yeah. ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, if those horses will stay behind your hand, you can't beat them. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. The it's, but my point on that was like she rides that horse. Well, if she rides him in a World Series barrier and I get on him at the BFI the next day, it's no different. Yeah. And that's just, when you quit pulling, he's going to run. Right. Right. So I like that. Guys, thank you all for coming by. I've literally kept you, you 22 minutes that's over fine. schedule. We're so not worried about it. Awesome. We'll see you over there this week. Yeah. Good luck over there. Scottsdale. Yeah. Sure. Thanks.